What's up, you bunch of round-shouldered curmudgeons? It's us. It's me, Dave, and Grant. Later. Um, we're back. Episode 64. In fact, this might be the last episode of the post-show... Dot, dot, dot. For a while. Because next week, we are starting our fall anime psycho season new show. Same upload time, but a whole bunch of new shows that we're going to be covering. Follow us on Instagram at Part-Time Otaku Podcast for all of the details. But we're going to be covering a bunch of stuff. Rings of Power, Hot D, they're not going anywhere. No worries. Um, speaking of which, today we cover both of those shows. House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, the Licorice Recoil finale, and we give our series review on The Bear before we get into the news feed because a ton happened in the anime world this week. And then lastly, we end on the Instagram sensation that is sweeping the nation, the Q&A original to the Part-Time Otaku podcast. Uh, we did come up with the idea of Q&As. So thank you for submitting your questions. Again, they were fantastic this week. We put up the Q&As on our Instagram on Monday. So if you'd like your sh- question to get answered on the show, um, submit your questions there on Mondays. Like I said, follow us, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and enjoy the show. Hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How are you doing, crony of mine? <laughs> oh, cronyism is doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Grant, we have so much to talk about. I know. This uh, It was a very anime-heavy news weekend. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the energy of the podcast is changing. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like I, we, I just start these episodes stressed. Just, <laughs> Dave, in a good that- way. That's a byproduct of the uh, the coming psycho season, I believe. No, that's exactly what it is. I'm like, oh my god, there's so much to talk about. Okay, shut up. Just start talking. Okay. Get into it. You're We're not weeds. here to have fun. Yeah, no, this, uh, I feel like this is a work episode for sure. It, yeah, it's not that we're not excited to talk about it. It's just like, life comes at you pretty fast. It's. I think it's 100% going to be one of those things. The second we're in the thick of it, it's going to be more than fine. We're going to be happy, you know, or it's going to be like on a roller coaster. But it's just looking at a daunting, you know, like a shared file, you know, of all the shows and, you know, stuff to talk about and this and that and research and all that. It's, uh, it, it is, it's a little daunting for sure. But uh, I'm excited. I am excited. It's like they say, like, once you're in the eye of the storm, mm-hmm. you're, you're just sort of like in that flow. Yeah, you know we'll rise I mean? to the occasion for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, we we did a 30-minute show on My Hero Academia for, like, 25 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I think we can literally do anything. Yeah, it's... I think it's so funny, because, you know, we look at... We have, you know, I have this shared document. It's just the first thing staring at us on that list is My Hero. And it just, it's hard not to laugh at it. Here know? we go. But uh, it's, it's funny. It's, it, it, I guess not nostalgia, because, you know, we were kind of miserable, but... Just, it's uh, still nostalgic, right? A little, a little deja vu, I think, of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I remember this moment, but I was, it was a different feeling this time last year. <laughs> I, it's funny because yeah. it seems like such a obviously bad idea now, mm. like the fact that we covered that in a dedicated podcast format at all. 
Yeah. Like, it's just... So, and I'm not hating, because I, no. I still like the show, and I, I am going to watch this upcoming season. We're going to cover it as part mm-hmm. of our fall psycho season, which is going to, like, soft launch next week, because, like, mm-hmm. half of the shows will be out by then. Same release date, all that, but, you know, just tune in and you'll see. It's going to be nuts. Um, but all that said... It's like, it's funny that we even did that. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just, we would make that choice today. Well, I think I think we kind of saw it as, a, you know, a little inside baseball. Like, we had just come fresh off Attack on Titan. And you were looking for, like, you know, the next... What was the next show that we both watched? For sure, we're on the same page about. And My Hero was kind of the one. Like, True. You know, we were talking about all this other stuff. But that was new to us at the time. And obviously, you know, that kind of... You kind of we rose to that. Was but, that uh, our first year doing the podcast? Like, yeah, for that sure. was our first it, time covering Attack on Titan, right? Yeah, we did part one, and then we kind of freaking around a little bit in the summer, and then we covered Demon Slayer and uh, My Hero. Yeah, true. Say okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did Demon Slayer. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, what a mess. Yeah. Um. Okay. This week, we got, we got some stuff to talk about. Let's start with the the fantasy. One, two, punch. This week, we'll start with Rings of Power, episode five. So let it be known, spoiler alerts for this, and also uh, House of the Dragon, episode six, which we're going to talk about after this. Um, I think Sam, someone told me that this episode didn't have great reviews, but like I heard that before I saw it. Okay. And then I was like looking for bad stuff, but I hate to say it, I, I didn't mind this episode. I liked it. Yeah, I, there's definitely... I think this is like now just more evidence for the Numenor stuff is just kind of not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready for them to, you know, <clears throat> you know, episode ends, they're on the journey. So like, I think we're fine. We might get some, you know, back and forth, but I, th- I think I stand by my, my original thought of, you know, this is tee up for Numenor stuff down the road, like season two stuff, you know, <clears throat> and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but everything else was good. Like I, I love the back and forth between Durin and Elrond um, that was probably my favorite part of the episode was the um, Elrond and Doran related yes. plot. Mm-hmm. And so. I was glad to have I was glad to have the Harfoot stuff back as well. Like I know, you know, a lot there's a lot of things a lot of people don't like about this show. The again the toxicity on the show is like probably record. Mm-hmm. I thought it was bad with uh, uh, Kenobi. This is like people cannot let up on this freaking. Is this show. worse? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Star Wars kind of hits a more mainstream audience mm-hmm. you know it's a little you just gotta think people are more plugged in not that people like to compare star wars and lord of the rings i think that's a silly point but like i think star wars is just a little more social media forward more younger facing forward so you kind of see you know it more coverage on it on sites mm-hmm. and stuff sure. like that they're, tr- they're trying to get those pulled i think lord of the rings kind of touches that but not not quite the same i think this is like an even crankier older audience <laughs> or you know kind of you know gen uh, i guess uh, millennial demographic but no, I don't know. I, like, I like the show, but there's definitely... I find I'm now at the point where, okay, I'm not into the segment. I'm into this one, not into that one. Like, it right. just kind of... I think... It's, like, kind of hit and miss for... The storylines are hit and miss, it sounds like, for you. A, a little bit, you know? Like I am like I said, the Numero thing I'm pretty vocal on. Uh, I wasn't super into how the end of the previous episode with, uh, you know, the Southlands people and... Uh, is it Aaron Deer, the elf? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know the tower, like you know, kind of like the splitting of. Uh, sorry, hit the mic there. Uh, just the the splitting of the humans and some going to the you know working for mm-hmm. Adar and the orcs. Like, you know, they're doing some things. So like the show is still interesting, but uh, it's just, it's, again, it's like you said, some things just aren't working for me, and I can't put my finger on it. 
exactly you know it's it's not the the writing it's not the visuals are all really really good but uh i don't know it's it's hard because hot d's just been swinging like really hard hot d hasn't really had a down episode yeah is that fair to say 100 percent. yeah i agree with that whereas rings of power it's just like i don't know if any of these have been bad it's just that some Mm -hmm. are markedly better than others well i think that's just the problem with shows that juggle so many storylines right like if it's you know, if they're trying to tell a sole story, like, a, you know, an A plot and then a B and a C plot, mm-hmm. you know, usually C is, like, kind of buried. It's little. B is kind of, you know, there. And a is the front force. But, like, this show, it feels like they're trying to run 1A, 1B. You know, like, it's oh, all... Oh, I see what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's all yeah. moving towards the same point, but they're all... T- it, so, I think that's just maybe what's working against it. Whereas, you know, House of the Dragon... It is very much like, you know, your traditional just A, B, C, and D or whatever and all that. So it's, uh, I don't know. That's an interesting point because it feels like Galadriel and, jeez, uh, what's the elf? Arendir? It feels like they're, they're both the main character. Yes. Um, sometimes it feels that way. Um, what did I want to say? I, I really enjoyed the lore of Mithril. Yes. I was like, I don't know if people are going to love this or hate this, but I looked over to Sam and I was like, you have to admit, that's kind of cool. Like, mm. they're explaining the the origin story of, like, a mythological ore because that's the thing that is required in this, yes. in this universe. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, this is kind of what I'm here for. I was down for that. Um, I, was... I did like how it went storybook when it told that scene. Like, yeah, it me felt, too. It felt very much like... Um it's so weird because it's not really the same, but I, I don't know why it reminded me of in Lord of the Rings of at Bilbo's birthday and Gandalf is kind of like telling the story with the fireworks, like yes. visually, like, you know, it's kind of like background noise, you know, the, the shapes and all this and that it felt very like magical, even though like the show is very, actually it's not that magic. I guess like, there, you know, there's still much more high fantasy though. It's very, said. but no, but this was just kind of like, it was like a, you know, like a performance and someone was like really telling a story. So I, I really dug that little, little visual flair yeah um what is isildur's father's name Ooh, is it uh, elendil elendil or n i think it's e something with en yeah okay so isildur's father yeah um, great voice on this guy oh my god i could watch it he should he should have more lines I think. yeah really really good character perfectly cast great chemistry with galadriel really digging it um Hellbrand 2 is starting to grow on me, but I wanted to make a prediction. You may know the answer. Lord of the Rings mm. fans may already know the answer. I am guessing slash hoping... Oh, wait a minute. I'm realizing it as I say it out loud. I was going to say, I bet he has a great death scene. But wait a minute. Don't we see his death in like the first five minutes of Lord of the Rings? Who is Fellowship? Is Isildur's father. He takes up his father's sword and he cuts the ring off Sauron's finger because his father gets killed by oh, Sauron. Oh, duh! Uh, I'm sorry if a that's not a spoiler, right? Like it's like no, no, definitely not because it's in the movie that this is based on. We know Isildur yeah. is going to do what he's going to do in the movies, but I'm pretty sure they say it's Galadriel narrating actually hmm. that he takes up his father's sword. See, I'm 99 sure I just nailed that. Because, so that's the thing, I guess they never explicitly say it in Lord of the Rings, but like, was that not Gondor specifically in that fight? Uh, there were elves there too. Yeah. Hmm. 
I'm a little fucked up on lore. Like, if there's one universe that, like, I have a pretty good grasp on, but even then, like, you really break it down, and, you know, a little more. Like, I, I next, I know next to nothing. It's Lord of the Rings. It's we gotta just Google so, this it's later. So, it's so massive. Because I'm pretty sure they, like, that line just sticks out in my head. What's, uh, was it Kate Blanchett that plays Galadriel? Yep. Yeah. Her, because she narrates a lot of the movies. Yes. Um, big parts of the movies, and she's so good. But I, her voice is in my head saying he picks up his father's sword. Because I remember a mm. character with like little to no lines, who's clearly older than a sealed door, just getting bodied by Sauron's giant thing. Hmm. Oh, it's Mace, yeah. And then he breaks the sword, and that's the, like the that's the uh, king sword that Aragorn mm. later gets because it's reforged. Interesting. Um, okay. Anyway, that's a mess. Did we or did we not see Sauron this episode? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Ah, shit. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. I just watched it last night, so it could be, you know, recency uh, too close to it there. Okay. Did you ever see the press photos they did months ago before the show came out about, like, here's what the characters look like, and everyone was roasting what Sauron looked like? Oh, yeah, but no one knew specifically if that was Sauron. Okay, okay. So it didn't, no one, okay, so Amazon didn't confirm it, but people are guessing. Yes. Oh, are you talking about the three women that arrive? Yeah, but one of them looks like a boy. I'm pretty sure it's a woman. You're out of your mind. Okay, so, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so my thought was like, was that Sauron? Because that's the person everyone was roasting on the internet. Yes, oh, big time. So Um, we don't know, okay. But that didn't really look like a, what you would think Sauron would look like. No, but like, again, they've really kind of hit home. Sauron can kind of look the way he wants. You know, he's and you know more God. That was kind of like their whole thing. They just chose to be. Also, I, <clears throat> I'm now curious too because all this Adar stuff this episode. Yeah, like he's clearly kind of like associated to Sauron. Yeah, but it almost sounds like he's just doing his own thing. Like he's trying to show off. Yeah. So it's um, maybe they're adjacent, or they're all they're both just forms of evil. Mm. I don't know. Also. I want... Can you clear this up? Halbrand. Yeah. Right? He He's talking about how... Why he swore to not go back to the Southlands. Mm. Is it because he himself pledged loyalty to Morgoth at one point? I or believe his line. Like, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His people. But, like, not him personally. No, I think... But I think, like, his family specifically. Not just, like, the people he comes from. Like, uh... his... Like, you know, his father's father. Like, whoever directly... You know, interesting. So you know, if you want to get into you know the just like the power of an oath, like through maybe like you know that, that's like forever potentially, like his name yeah. is tarnished because of that. But um, I don't right. know. Okay. I see a lot. A lot of people saying like that's <laughs> he's like a dead ringer for like one of the the, the ring wraiths, which I thought was interesting. Ooh, that's pretty. You cool. know, some people are like, oh, see the Witch King of Angmar. Also, everyone thinks that. Uh, oh, that would the, be so cool. The kid that found the sword is. Uh, everyone's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's the Witch King of Angmar. <laughs> like that's uh, a quite, that's quite a leap. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm down for all that. All those, I I would be yeah. super down to find out like the identities of all the wraiths like yes. through this show. I I can't like. Did we meet? Didn't we meet Calabrimbor as well? Yep, Calabrimbor. That's sure, the yeah. um. You know, you know, I'm not much of a gamer, but one of the fews that I've oh, played. Shadows of War. And all Sh- that, Shadows yeah. of War is the, or no? What's that's a, what's the title? Title? Um, oh, Shadow Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor. Sorry, yeah. the, the second one was a Shadow of War. Great games. Total. It's Assassin's Creed and in, in Lord of the Rings. What more do you want? Yeah. Shadow of War was such a savage in that too. Yeah, he was such a <laughs> badass. But anyway, um, 
Man, so yeah, lots of cool shit. You got me all excited with like, oh yeah, maybe we're going to find out who's who and how this happens to mm-hmm. so-and-so. But we, we should fact check um, if Isildur's father is killed by Sauron in the first like 10 minutes of the Fellowship. Because but I seriously other, think he is. The other thing is we don't, like, do we know for a fact this is like the same Isildur? Or is this like an heir, you know, right. who he's named at? Like, is the Isildur from the movies like Isildur the, the second or something like that, Good right? Good point. Like, we know the Numenorians, like, they can live up to 200 years. Okay, but 200 ain't that long. Right? No, but like that's that's the thing. Like in the timeline of where that war, it, I, I bet you if we sat down and really looked at a timeline of you know when, because uh, that's the thing too. Like we might be able to find some of this lore, of what's happened so far, like in the existing stuff, and kind of track the time to that and compare it. But it would seems like such an absurd. Like I mean, not absurd because like Hot D does it and Game of Thrones does it all the time. But to maybe name that's him a door mm-hmm. feels so pointed. And so specific. Could be bait, though. It could be. but Setting like, expectations. Yeah. yeah, but why would they do Like, you know what I mean? It'd be like, I don't know. They just, they haven't done anything to me to insinuate that they give the same first name to heirs of a family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like Hot D, the game, Song of Ice and Fire, that whole franchise is all about, we've named you after a famous Aegon. Sure. Lord yeah, of the Rings yeah. hasn't done any of that ever. You know, yeah, it's, be, I'm blank son of Grant. Around. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But the, my guess is that's him. And if it is, I don't fucking know. Okay. That's Rings of Power. It's heating up. Um, I, I did want to say, oh, right, that Galadriel and Halbrand, um, and maybe Galadriel in particular, I know I say this every episode, but she is so perfectly cast. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, w- I had this in my head earlier. You were saying, like, uh, the Numenor stuff wasn't working for you? Mm-hmm. I have this in my notes. It's like, I, she's perfectly cast, but I am ready to, like, see more of the Galadriel we saw in the pilot, which yeah. is, like, I want to see her fucking hunting Sauron. That's, like, where my buy-in came from on this character. Mm-hmm. Not too politic. You know what I mean? I will say, if, if there's... Again, I don't want to say not too much longer. I know we we're almost away from it, but th- if there is one thing that works in the Numenor, in the Numenor stuff is they really capture just how claustrophobic she is, like, stuck there she is, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, like, multiple moments where, you know, she's clearly, like, she's essentially just putting her head down and, like, barreling through everyone to get what she wants. You know, like, throwing, like, not throwing Hallbrand on the bus, but kind of just, like, saying, you know, kind of putting words in his mouth to get what she needs kind of thing. And watching that stuff yeah. clearly back backfire on her and, like, her, her feeling lost and trapped there, I think that is really well done. Fair. But this whole, like, you know... You know, the freaking coup that's clearly going to happen with all these... You know, I think that's, like, the weirdest thing. Like, if it's in the lore, it's in the lore. But it feels like this is the closest thing to compare to real-world stuff that they're doing right now. Is inciting, like, the... It's kind of like a right-wing, left-wing thing they're doing. Yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but I, I, I don't love it. It's it's in a lot of other media. And I'm not saying I don't need it in Lord of the Rings yeah. there, but, like... It's, it's like... There's politics in the Lord of the Rings original franchise. Yep. And in The Hobbit as well. But it's always... An afterthought. Like, it's always 10% of the movie, not yep. 60. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, the Fellowship of the Ring is formed under, under like, political pretense and environments. But it's, it's like, a fun, light thing that lasts 15 minutes before we go on an adventure. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or I'm yeah. thinking of, like, maybe even the third movie, like, The Steward of Gondor. That's, like, a fun plot line that we, is resolved in the same movie that it's introduced in. Mm-hmm. And, like, we move on. None of it was about politics. You know, it's like, all right, let's just get this... Let's get to the adventure part. I'm excited for the adventure part. 
And that's I think that's just what I'm loving the most about this so far. Yeah. So. Um, a show that does politicking extremely well, where I could watch <laughs> only um, political intrigue. Uh, House of the Dragon, okay, episode six. There's your spoiler warning. Um, I've got the biggest, craziest moment of the episode. You know what it was? What's that? Sir Crispin is the only one that is ageless in this whole universe. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he true. didn't change at all. They at least messed around with Matt Smith's wig. Yeah, Sir Kristen might have got like I don't know an inch or two off the top. Yeah, they like, slicked it. They slicked it back. It's that's not... the same dude. Yeah, 100% <laughs> it's pretty funny. Ageless. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. I mean, you know, fuck it. We replaced everyone else. They'll get it. Just get in the fr- get in the shot, man. It's all that hate energy just like stuck in them, just keeping them young. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fucked? Isn't that funny? Viserys was a walking corpse this episode. It was a true sight. It was. What was? Viserys. Oh, Vis- oh yeah, dude. Man, did he? Does he look bad? Yeah. He's like, you know, there's after that scene of you know when uh, you know I, uh, I almost called it Daenerys when Rhaenyra like you know proposes the you know the, the marrying between uh, you know the, the high tower kids and her kids and all this and that and you know, they make their way back to the, to the room and you just kind of see him hobble in and I'm just like, holy fuck, look at this guy. It's, like, it's the hair for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. that's going to be it for a lot of people. Gollum yeah. vibes. <laughs> yeah, like he little just wisps, looks... Little single wisps, yeah. He looks unwell. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How, what a tremendous premiere for the like the new act, actors and actresses this episode. Like, I'm trying the... to think of any other pre, like show that's like had to undergo something like this with while being number one where you swap half the cast like that's pretty ambitious and i think they is it fair to say they stuck the landing 100 percent. like i was you know i i had heard that you know these two like the elysian and renera like the adult versions were like cast first first and foremost like they were hired for this show and then they went and found the other two to like oh know, they modeled so- the, t- the younger ones off the <clears throat> older ones exactly so Makes like sense. i think they they knocked that out of the park yeah and like they really have the personalities down like you know the just like the wry coldness of renera is like spot on yep. uh, allison is a little different because like she's just cold as fuck now it's so like i think we're seeing funny, a huge though. personality difference but the, it's still like you can feel it yeah. you can feel the core of the person feels the same you kind of called it last week because you said i think you said like i can see allison using her power a lot more yeah, oh, 100%. Um, you know, as the king is sicker, and she assumes, you know, she's on the small council now. She's mm-hmm. clearly much more involved in the decision-making process. And clearly her relationship with Renera has not recovered. It's only gotten worse, and then, like, we find out why it's gotten worse. Kids and all this stuff that we'll get to. So, yeah, she's definitely flexing her political power more. You, you definitely called that. So, it's like, she may not have been like that as a kid, but, like we're being reminded that she's not a kid anymore and it's been it's a 10-year jump it's a 10-year jump we were arguing on the couch trying to figure it out because of how old Aegon looked Um, yeah that doesn't exactly track but then again they did have some blips early after birth what have been three years so he'd be about 13 Eh, he could just be a big 13 year old yeah that's not crazy (laughs) so funny (laughs) Freaking freaking serving it to himself with the window that Tommen jumps out. Oh my god, dude, I completely forgot about that. You're totally Wow, what a complete miss on my end. It's I the same that, shot. I saw that window, I was like, wow, we've seen that before. Oh my god, I hate myself for not picking that up. 
<laughs> it's the same shot. Yeah, exactly. It's just his bare. I mean, oh my god, yeah. that's nuts. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think Dave by far this is the best episode. Like you know, window so shots and all. Like it was, it was really. I think, I think it was so strong because. I think it's the best since the pilot because they really tried to ape the pilot in a lot of ways, you know, just like opening with, you know, the birthing scene and kind of, kind of just takes the flow and kind of set up like where everyone's kind of allegiances lie. Um, you know, just, just, they did so much visual storytelling with that pregnancy scene alone, like the tracking shot, you know, of her like being forced to go see the queen. So you get, yeah, you get a little taste of tracking shot. You get a little taste of Allison's like, you know, kind of, you know, cr- cruelness and all that. And freaking Kristen, holy cow, man. Like, I've never seen a character who's gone from so loved to so want like people want to punch ever. Like, uh, Sir Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They did a good job like doing kind of a like a bait and switch there with him and uh, Harwin Strong this mm. episode. Like it's just not how I saw it going, and it was such a cool reveal when the audience realizes, wait a minute, these are all his kids, and everybody mm. knows. Um. Yeah, that was interesting. I think I think I was a little bummed because I had that. I think I had that ruined for me. I was watching. It's the only time those alt, alt shift X movie or uh, videos like the mm-hmm. the recap kind of burned me because it's just a line of like they make reference to Harwin Strong and it's like and keep an eye out for him. And then I thought back to the scene where like he's the one who rescued her when you know when when Kristen kind of like goes goes to town on. Was uh, uh, it the 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 night of kisses there or... oh is that who yeah he yeah because you know because lionel sends him like sends harwin in to kind of clear the crowd out and he picks her up over the shoulder and goes away and so it's that like oh him. so you know then so just like the reference of all oh, these you know watch out for him later i'm like well okay <laughs> so Dude, that's interesting how about vagar the dragon oh. the biggest dragon that they've ever put on screen so freaking cool like dude he had like hair it was gross. It was. I loved it. It was. The, yeah. The um. So, they're saying like he like. They make reference to is it Balon, the it was a Viserys's dragon, and it was even bigger than him. Like he just like Balerion, the black Balerion. Yeah. 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 I just love was, all the dragons. I okay. So I'm not. I'm not trying to flex. This is the only piece of a dragon lore I think I actual. I think I know. And I'm, you know, correct me, listeners, if I'm way off on this, but Aegon the Conqueror, the OG, right? The one that came from Valyria and conquered the Seven Kingdoms and united them. I believe he rode Valyrion the Black Dread, and it was the biggest one ever. Hmm. And there's this whole, and I saw like some frames of this today, but I didn't want to look too close. But it's a big thing that the Alt Shift X guy does and other people on Reddit do is like, dragons in this universe live way way longer than their riders right mm-hmm. so like you'll inherit like Balerion the black dread had several riders and uh after aegon died and king viserys was the last one before he finally died and they hmm. have his big giant skull that they show you in oh the yeah pilot. down in the basement yeah, yeah. yeah but vagar is the f- biggest alive dragon we've seen so cool yeah it like it, it looked like uh driftwood which I thought yeah. was like kind of cool. Very, you know, it's so funny that uh, the Driftmark people are riding it. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's really. I, I'm always up for dragons, like in any media. Like the more dragons you put in, the better. Like it's the they, show needs more dragons. I think they. I mean, they're choosing their moments with the dragons really carefully. I remember this was like a really big thing when the show when Game of Thrones started to heat up. Was the um, 
HBO and D&D, the guys that ran the show, they were very open about how insanely costly, cost prohibitive uh, CGI is. Mm. And even like things for the direwolves, they were having to size up and do a lot of CG on and the dragons were just so expensive and they just started getting better and better at it. And you have to figure mm-hmm. after like a decade of practice, they'd probably come a long way. Um, but yeah, the dragons always look so good. Well, even in like in the same episode, there's the scene down in the dragon pit where all the all the children, are, I love that all, all the boy, and they have that smaller dragon that um, one of uh, one of Renera's kids, Jace, yeah. I think his name is. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to re, like re get used to all the names, right? Cause I they know just... now all the kids are growing up and yeah. they're clearly at the front of things. But just that scene of the dragon and watching the kids' excitement trying to get the dragon to breathe fire, breathe fire was really really cool. The Jakara scene, it's uh, <laughs> a couple of Jakara scenes actually. It's cool because. Yeah. It feels advanced, but it's all, but it's, you know, it's in the past, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Daenerys, we watched her have to figure all this out from scratch, but you know, 170 or whatever it is odd years ago, there, there was, there were handlers, there was process, there was, um, ritual and ancestry all based around the dragons and she didn't get any of that. And you can see how young these kids are figuring it out. Like there's even saddles, like they're just doing it so much more sophisticated than we mm-hmm. saw in game of thrones because it was part of their lineage you know it's the beginning of the end of the like you know the all-powerful era right yeah so it's, it's funny to see like the remnants that are still kind of kicking around for now but uh yeah yeah okay so i would say the vast majority of this episode like you said is kind of piloty like it's a lot of recap and reintroduction mm-hmm. and like here's what's happened in the jump but the last like 15 minutes or 10 maybe is is like action yeah when i say action it's like more plot development Mm -hmm. um so what happens um i think the biggest thing is fucking what is this guy's name laris oh yeah the harwin's brother wow evil harwin's brother and he's like he's just sort of besties with allison well they really because he you know last episode he was the one who revealed renera's like you know he he dropped like the moon tea reference to her so like you know that was like his initial like foot in the door and 10 years later i'm sure he's only kind of like pumped more info at her but um i don't i don't get his angle because like right off the the get-go like i was trying to figure out whether if he was working along with his father and his brother to like you know have both sides you know of like the king's ear kind of thing potentially but now like he's just i don't know if he's just out for himself i noticed it's a little little fingerish you know because he has like his own logo i don't know if it's like a, a and also, Varys, like master as master of whisper ish. Mm. Wait, did, yeah. doesn't he literally cut out the tongues of? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think Varys does that in the books. Oh, really? I think so. Hmm. Which is interesting. So anyway, so he puts out a, a hit out on his own family. Unreal. Um, and I guess that's why we know, like we like what we know Harrenhal as, right? It was like this burnt out place. Yeah. And it was destroyed all these years ago, so we got to see that scene. So that was, like, a cool, like, moment back in history. Well, we didn't see... Like, that's not why it was, like, a ruin. It was already a ruin. It was because Aegon, when he conquered it, his dragons burned it to a crisp. Oh. Well, but, like, it was still serviceable at, like, in this point in time, though, right? Like, like what I'm talking about is when we see it again, like, it was completely abandoned in the Oh, yeah, show. yeah, yeah. So, like, people... The Strongs were still there until this episode, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, um... Yeah, it's funny. Like I, you know, you're, I'm focusing on Viserys and when is he gonna die and who's gonna die and I. It's funny how these shows, this show does it, right? Like I just did not think the new hand of the king was uh, at risk. Yeah. No. Same with his son. And man, how about Lainor's death? What? 
Oh, uh, wait, is Lenor... Damon's new wife. Oh, Lena, you mean. Lena. I know, this is so fucked. There's so many goddamn characters. Yeah, the, the, um, the, gr- the girl who rode Vagar. Yes. And commands yes. him to burn her alive when her childbirth goes awry. That stuff was, it, it was interesting. Like, it, it reminded me of, like, you know, we'd be jumping back and forth between, like, you know, in Westeros and then everything going on with, you know, Daenerys and Essos. Very, very similar to that, you know, with the Targaryen stuff over there. But, uh, so, like, what? Like, it's now going to be a three-way run for the... I'm really not sure where the show is going now at this point. Like, well, you know, like, this episode, I don't want to say it's a write-off because they, they recapped and they did this. But, like, we just need more time with these characters and we need more time for the dust to settle mm. on the time skip. Because, yeah, I'm right with you. It's like, okay, these events are significant, but I don't quite know why. Well, I do, I do believe, like, there's not going to be any more time skips at this point. Like now that we're here, yeah, they, they every, everything's that. yeah, everything's happening in real time. So that's that's nice, you know. Kind of just focus on what we have in front of us, and we're not thinking of you know how it's, far it's going to jump later. Yeah. It's also hard to like try and pace yourself and your expectations for the plot when you don't know how many seasons this would ideally go for HBO. So it's like I don't know. You know what I mean? Is this just the beginning of like another ten season show? I, I don't know, but I'm interested. Loving it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. it. Um, I'm guessing Damon will, and or Rhaenyra will probably link up and things are complicated now with the hand of the king dying. Mm. I mean, I feel like the throne is more vulnerable um, with the hand dead and Viserys sick as fuck. So, and also Otto Hightower clearly coming back. They've teed that up that he'll be coming back. I love so. that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for That's more. That's yeah, Riz Evans. He perfectly got. He's too too great an actor just to be kind of like off screen going back home. Okay, but if you had to give, if you had to isolate one performance of any character so far, six episodes in, it could be one of the characters that just left or just joined, if you want. But who's got the best performance reliably so far? Who's your pick? Hmm. Um, I would say Viserys because he's had to work in so many different ranges. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had like the whole like you know the drunk run, the oh you know overtly sick run, the kind of the mulling over, you know, the like kind of just the actual at like the peak of his health that we've seen him. Mm-hmm. You know, you just see so many. I would say him. If a close second would be Damon, I would say. Well put. Yeah, I just I love that dude. He is <laughs> so good. Yep. And I think he was meant to, like, um, I think George R. R. Martin said something about, like, he brings, like, a quiet sort of majesty to the role that I didn't anticipate, and I didn't hmm. actually write that way, and I'm, like, he's he's improved the character. Damn. Like, George has said several times, like, the shows have made these calls, and, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but a lot of the time, the character-oriented ones are quite good. Like, hmm. in Game of Thrones, Shay was a one-dimensional character with no depth whatsoever. Oh, really? And same with Braun. He didn't even have one-liners in the books. He was just, like, a sellsword. Really? Yeah, complete... Like, they completely took that character and, like, added, like, 400% more on what was there. Damn, Braun was the shit. Yeah, he was a great character. Um, I mean, I won't talk about the end, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Maybe we should discuss some anime on this anime podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Of Don't course. worry. The news feed is going to be full of yeah, anime. Everybody chill. Okay. And also, we have a Q&A later, and, and it's very anime-oriented. Um, okay, Licorice Recoil, episode 13, the finale. Spoiler alert. 
Grant, what, what do you think? What do you, 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 what do you think of this? <laughs> I think all in all, it was a great, great season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the finale did not blow me away. I didn't think it would, based on how the previous episode ended. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of nothing. They kind of just like took the air out of the tire at the end of the last episode. But it just like how much really more could they do? It, it was essentially what we expected. There was going to be a moment between Chisato and Majima whether it was a fight or it was just like a talking moment. Um, and that's just what it was. It was both, you know. Uh, yeah. They wrapped it up kind of cleanly. It just it was very well wrapped up, I think. I see, I see a lot of people. So I agree with you. Um, I see a lot of people on the, uh, on the anime Reddit, subreddit, asking for a season two. In your mind, ideally, would you do more with this? Would you do a season two, or are you happy to keep this kind of like a one and done sort of odd taxi, Vivi Florite, Sunny Boy, like self-contained miniseries? Um, Keeping in mind it's an original anime anyway. It's original anime. So I would say yes. They kind of, they neatly kind of said like, you know, they've all left DA. They're, you know, because there's that post-credit scene, you know, they're running, they're in Hawaii. They have their own mobile food truck or whatever, cafe truck. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I'd be okay. Like I think the story they told beginning to end, they definitely one hundred percent left the door open. But if mm-hmm. in like if ten years from now they decide, hey, guess what's coming back? You know, second year, you know, sequel season to Liquid mm-hmm. Recoil, I would be like, fuck yeah, let's See, go. You know, I I'd like be that so excited. idea way more than like let's turn this around in eighteen months. It'd I don't. Be- I hope it's not that. I really hope it's not that because I think this was so good. This was such a tight series. You know? I enjoyed it. I love the length. Yes. Um, I would be genuinely bummed out if we got like season two, 2023 news or like a second core coming. Um, I mean, maybe that would be different if it was a second core. I don't know, but I, I like this. Um, I like that it's kind of self-contained. Mm-hmm. I, I will say the Mika fake out with his leg and the way he bodied that mm. female assassin who I don't think ever had a line, by the way. Uh, she had a couple lines. She had she a couple was... lines. She was because she was the assassin, that she was also the assistant. Yeah, that's so true. So she kind of she had some back and forth with uh, Yoshi. But the way he destroyed her life, yeah, didn't see that <laughs> shit coming. Um, <laughs> I had wondered because there's all those scenes about like him in his glory days, and like I think they had asked him once or twice, but like why he stopped, mm. and it kind of just got brushed over. So I wasn't surprised, but it, I it wasn't was, reading it was the pretty, fine print. Yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. But uh, La- lastly, are we? Are we meant to believe that he killed Yoshi? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Chrome yeah. put a bullet in his head for sure. I super, yeah. See, like, that's dark. I would have, like, let the darkness in a little bit. But then again, it wouldn't be the same show, right? No, but then, you know, there's the moment with Majima on the street. Someone finds the gun, and he's, like, there kind of, you know, again, somehow Majima lives falling from a skyscraper. Of course. Um, and, you know, coaxing the guy, like, you're holding it wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, try to, so, like... The door is there 100%. But, like, they really did some... I really liked how they rounded off Majima at the very end. You know, the fake-out of all he really wanted was that one last fight. He was probably hoping Chisato was going to beat him. Yeah. You know, like, kind of Joker-esque. And, but, you know, the moment of, like, you know, if DA was the powerful one, I'd be... Or if DA was in a weaker position, I'd be, like, helping them kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just... I'm an antagonist. I want to in antagonize. Any, yeah, exactly. So it's... I think it was good. I definitely... I don't think the pilot or the finale was that strong, but I think the show itself carried everything else well enough that it, I don't think yeah. it matters. It it's, wrapped everything's up neatly, if you want to call it that. But yeah, this is one of those shows I feel like that is like 
greater than the sum of its parts, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's like yep. the whole product of Licorice Recoil is better than the ending was. Or it's like yes. it's a lot better than its weakest episode, right? Like Majima as a villain didn't quite blow my socks off, but no. it feels like most of the show is about what? The relationship between Chisato and Takina mm-hmm. and like the fun silliness that's beautifully animated that ensues is that like sort of fair yeah it was and, slice, slice life with guns and, you know? yes like, <laughs> and it like it man if you ex- like tried to advertise this show to me with that i would have been like this is really not in my interest but mm-hmm. it's funny you watch that pilot you're like you know what all right i'm i'm gonna watch this shit and i'm yeah. glad we did yeah no is uh i'm so glad i got to watch it, it was, it's been a highlight uh every week you know, to continue watching. Um, I, I did see there's a bit of news about it today, apparently, because the I think before they print the Blu-rays, they do a lot of pre-orders mm. to like, um, you know, to see like how much they have to print. Um, and I think it like did some serious, serious numbers uh, based on like projections of pre-order. Uh, so that makes me believe that there is going to be more of this because they already announced they're doing a manga adaption of the I, show. I saw that, yeah. Uh, another, there's going to be, there's a spinoff uh, light novel they're doing as well. Good so Lord. it's, um, you know, it's, and it's getting like a lot of praise like outside of the anime community hmm. um, as well. Like, you know, um, Hideo Kojima who makes like the Metal Gear franchise is like a known like anti-otaku. Like he mm-hmm. kind of like goofs on anime fans and there's this whole thing about him, you know, finding the show by accident thinking it was something else and fell in love with it and like a lot of people flock to it over that. So it's it's really it really kind of just based on its own like working class quality, you know? Like the show is just like good. Like it just works and I think that really carried it, you know? It was it's um I'm just happy to see it. The fact that it's original too really I I think we should see more of that. Dude, know, going I mean, think about Think about the originals that we've seen in the last year. You know, we've got Licorice Recoil, Odd Taxi. Mm. Um, we've got Sunny Boy, Vivi Florite. These are like in our both of our top fives and tens. Like they're yeah. all fantastic. Yeah. It's good to like, you know, I, I understand like studios don't necessarily make storytellers and like the whole medium is kind of based on adaptation. But this, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a lot of really good examples Whoever wrote gave. this, I don't, I don't know what his like, you know, uh, history is or what he has written. But if you know stories like by this person keep coming out, holy cow, like, I'm, I'm yeah. completely down for it. Not so. Yeah. All right, Grant. The bear. The bear. We briefly got to return to live action. We got to talk about the bear because I like how much have we even talked about it on this show? I think like did you just mention it the one time as like Dave, you have to check this out. I believe I think you had said it was on your list and you had we're about to start it or around yeah. that but uh, no we haven't talked about it too much okay yeah so i guess god where do i even start here like I, what i'll say at first is that it's one of the better pilots of the year maybe mm-hmm. of multiple years that i've seen it's a fantastic pilot it really sets the stage and showcases like the chaotic pace that the show is all about and like how stress is incredibly front loaded and all that. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Allen White is fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Um, the direction, the editing, like it's just watch the pilot, and this show is what the pilot advertises, right? Is that fair? Yeah. And 
Grant, is it also fair to say that pilots are hard? They're hard, Dave. Yeah. We've we've heard pray tell that pilots are hard. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I finished this and I was in the process of writing like this is the best thirty minute show of the year, and then I was like, ooh, it's going up against Barry, and Barry, that's the yeah. that's the only show that like this that the bear is kind of in company with. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. For, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of great shit, but like, I just probably haven't seen it. Um, okay, you go. So <clears throat> I think by the end, you know, the, I think it's a, this is another cool show that like, if they did not make a second season of this, I think that would be really cool too. To- totally um, agree. Totally agree. Because they, in a weird way, it feels obvious that there's a second season, but they re- did a really cool thing where they kind of, they showed, like, the finale could, you you could sum it up as everyone has discovered there is steps to recovery. And yeah. the fact that they're taking those first steps, that is kind of, you know, if there's, like, an act, it's, like, the wrap-up of that. So, I, you know, if this never got picked up, which I think it will because it's doing crazy numbers and people are, you know, reviews out the wazoo there. Yeah. And it's, it's FX, so they're going to make another. But anyways. When a network like this gets a hit like this, like, they don't, don't let it, yeah. go. They don't um, give in to their artistic, artistic integrity. <laughs> No, they definitely don't. So it's, but I don't know. Like, I, I really liked it. The kitchen stuff. I think I'm glad that from beginning to end, they never eased up on what it, and it, some of it's a little, they add a little extra fire to it for sure. You know, just the, you know, the, the, the comings and goings of a kitchen, you know, personalities and behaviors and all that. But for, mm-hmm. they really, from beginning to end, they gave respect to the kitchen and they showed what it actually can be like. And, you know, the, I can't speak to like the whole Chicago ness of it all because you can, you know, a I'm not American and I'm not from Chicago, but it's um I don't know I just I really I like how true it was to that. Also, you know? like to your point about Chicago, like I want to say ninety percent of the show is shot in the interior of that fucking restaurant. Yeah, like, but it, but I mean, it really shines home. They really have that personality, you know. It's yeah, it's, like it's kind of it makes you think of like a bottle episode. This is like a bottle mm-hmm. series for the most part. Like there's shots out like Chicago. And its culture are really heavily ingrained into the show for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, to your point, like it's I can't believe how much of it is just shot inside in the kitchens. same environment. Yeah, people don't leave those kitchens, so it's pretty, very fitting. Like, um, <laughs> what's the sous chef's name? The girl that leaves and um, and then comes back at the end. Spoiler alert: Is it Sydney? Yeah, Sydney. Like she is making dinner um, for the guy that's obsessed with donuts, making donuts because mm-hmm. they both had a, a rough one in the penultimate. Yep. And that episode was nuts. That was very stressful to watch. That. Yeah. That was. Yeah, dude. That was the most intense one of the series, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. But like, she's making him food in the finale, and I was like, this is weird seeing them in a different on a different set. I was like, yeah. and then I realized, I was like, holy shit, they're always shot in the same fucking room. Yeah. Also, how, like, after the moment, was it clearly obvious that, how perfect was it that John Bernthal was Mikey? Dude. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, of course it is. That's perfect. <laughs> I remember being like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, John Bernthal? Like, it's so perfect, because, like, he's just such the obvious guy to nail that role, and it's like, I'm yeah. so glad that he did it. He, it, you know, he's probably had, like... You know, maybe sixty seconds of on-camera time mm-hmm. in the he, whole he has series. A good, he, he has a really good monologue in like the scene they introduce him in. Like he yeah. probably goes for, like a good three, four minutes. But fuck, do they ever? It's 
like behind all the all the stress and the chaos and the like violent nature of these arguments and of the environment there's like this like veil or like shadow of like grief Mm. everyone there is mourning yeah cousin and carmy what a a fucking performance on that guy they're (laughs) they're both so fucked up over this guy's death Mm -hmm. and like you just felt like you knew the character from the memory of him that the show Mm -hmm. had you know what i mean like they don't he was a part of the furniture you know like everything everything reminded you know everyone was reminded of him by everything you know where they were like the environment the things the you know the customers and all that it was fucking really cool and in the finale jeremy allen white has a i want to say four minute monologue when he goes to that meeting Mm. and he gives the backstory but like they wait to the finale to give you the backstory of the of the character and like they, they, they didn't do it they kind of did the reverse right like they did it out of order kind of intentionally i feel like a weaker show would have been like here's why you got to care about the brother because he was a great guy and here's their childhood together mm. it's like instead of doing that you just catch references from episodes one through seven of jeremy or not jeremy you know well, jeremy's character like of just people talking about him mm. And, oh, he would do this, he would do that. Like, the show doesn't just go, okay, hey, hey, listener, here's a monologue, take this in so that, like, you know to be upset when people talk about him. Instead, it's like they're just showing you, look, people are upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they like, went, like, the long way around or they just took this different route that I feel like different shows would have done or would, wouldn't have done the same way. And I think that kind of just, like, leads to its success, you know? Like, it's not... Yeah. It's, um... You know, it, it's it's funny. Like you see all the stuff that's being written about it, and you know, you read those headlines sometimes. You're like, "Come on, like let's you know let's ease up <laughs> on some of this." But then you watch it, and you're like, "That is something new. It's kind of refreshing." Even like it's not you know it's it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. Like you have to. Yeah. It's I, I highly recommend I highly recommend people to watch the show because you know it's I just love when they do shows about food like this where it's not like you know reality TV that just kind of sucks the life out of everyone. This yeah. kind of shows that you know the other side of it and. You know how it's it's not pretty, and like I said, they definitely add a little fire to it there yeah. um, sometimes. But but it's like yeah, I could go forever on on yeah. the bear, but it's uh, it's just one of those things, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It it sticks out. I, I had another thought on it, but but I already forgot. Oh yeah, it was just how often, and I hate to call it this. I don't want to sound insensitive, but you know, anime has this. Everything has this. Mm-hmm. How often does the trope of the dead relative? How, how often is that used mm-hmm. as a motivation for a protagonist? And, like, how often are people, like, sort of shrugging it off, being like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, the viewers, we've just kind of, the audience has seen everything, right? Sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, another, you know, troubled protagonist. I'm sure whatever happened to him is sad. Let's find out in the pilot. I'm sure they're going to shove it down our throat. And, like, they kind of don't. They just mm-hmm. show you that he's we're miserably fucked. Yes. You know what I mean? And and they like they drip feed you why as opposed to like front loading it and being like here now you have to carry this baggage and try and understand his decisions as a result. It they did the show like kind of backwards that way. I don't know. I fucking love it, man. It's a great show. Yeah. Okay. Good lord. Um Do we hit the news feed? Huh? Do we hit the news feed right now? Let's get some anime like, kinda instill some You wanna hit the news anime feed? back in the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, alright. Because uh a lot <sighs> A lot of anime happened this weekend. Um, 
so I don't know if you saw it online. So there was the Aniplex event, online event, and then there was the Netflix one. So Aniplex is the I don't know if they're just a publisher. Um, I don't know if they actually make anything. Uh, essentially, like they run a lot of the the streaming site, or yeah. I think they had Funimation. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I want to rhyme off some of these. This is the big one for you and I. So Moonrise, which was previously announced, uh, it's a Wit Studio joint, mm-hmm. revealed that the Full Metal uh, Full Metal Alchemist mangaka is doing the character design and artwork for this new show. Uh, the trailer was pretty awesome. There's a, there's a teaser before uh, they dropped a new trailer for this. It's phenomenal. Um, oh, I didn't know. So that's the girl. So it's Hiromu Arakawa that's doing it? Yeah. Yeah. She's doing all the character design and like imagery for the show. That's a uh, really little known fact, by the way, that the mangaka who did Full Metal Alchemist was, was a lady. I think mm-hmm. like, a lot of people did not know that. But sorry, I keep going. Well, it just goes to show how, you know, I think it's phenomenal female characters in that show. And that makes sense because, you know, uh, men don't always uh, nail that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the trailer is phenomenal for that. And apparently it's the director from seasons two and three of Attack on Titan doing this. Ooh, so, I like hearing that. Yeah, it's, and I think, I, I can't remember if it's Death Note, but I think the composer, I'm pretty sure the composer for Death Note is doing this. Oh my God, All-Star Project. So, yeah, so again, Moonrise. so 2024, that's how far out they're announcing this thing. So they're probably pretty jazzed about it, mm-hmm. would be my guess. So that's that's number one. I, I really just wanted to get that one out there. So um, so the already previously announced, the uh, Junji Ito, he's a horror author. Uh, have you read any of his stuff? I know you don't, you're not super big into horror, but... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm he's, afraid. I sleep with the lights he, on. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty well famous. But so Netflix is... Uh, he partnered up with Netflix and there's some... Some of his short story adaptions, hmm. uh, I think eight of them are coming out, or it's either eight or twenty. Uh, I don't know why I'm mixed between those two numbers, but that comes out January nineteenth. So we finally so have a release it, date for that. Is it like animated shorts that are horrific? Uh, I believe so. Yes, based on his, it's it's animated of based on some of his short stories. Ooh, that's cool. Um, yes, very. Uh, you very know what? Exciting. That's like except like stuff like that. Anthology series are very accessible, like that, like Love yeah. Death Robots. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'll try some of this. I'm I'm very excited. I've always been too scared to read his stuff because the imagery I have seen before is genuinely terrifying and kind, oh, of, na- kind of nightmare fuel. <laughs> I was in <laughs> Leanne and I were in the bookstore not too long ago, and I was like, "I'm just gonna be a big boy. I'm just gonna pull this book off the shelf and take a look." And I opened it and I just closed it. And I was like, I, "I can't be seen in public reading this. Looks like a psycho." But um, so it. A1 Studios, so again, Licorice Recoil, 86, um, they announced a lot over the weekend. They also um, make the uh, barbecue sauce. Bar- that they do. Come on. That was good. <laughs> A1? Is that is that the barbecue sauce? Yeah. Or is it, is it something else? One. HP? HP? There's an A1 out there. There is. Oh, there is. The steak sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah nailed it, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Nailed it. So they announced uh, a adaption of the Near Automata video game. Uh, did, did have you heard of that game at all? So it's funny. Um, one of the, it was one of the few games I have played, and I didn't play it all, but it was okay. on Game Pass. And anytime we talk about Xbox slash Microsoft Game Pass, um, we talk about what a great value it is, and that remains it's true. Value. Um, so it's one of the f- and like it's one of the few games I've played, and the people who recommended it to me were like, oh, it's like artsy and like the way yeah. it's shot, and they're totally right about that. I remember the lore being intriguing. Um, truth be told, I can't remember all of it, but it seems like a good universe that would probably lend itself well to anime and 
games have had a lot of success as of late. Oh, there's a lot of game game related um, adaptions announced over the weekend. Like there was this, there was uh, Genshin Onimu- Impact last week. Genshin Impact last week, Onimusha, which is a you know a samurai game from the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, cool. That got one as well. Uh, a Tekken one just came out recently. Jeez. Um, but uh, they released uh, 30 second st- or clips of uh, eight, or is it? I'm blanking on the characters' names. Uh, no, I don't know. Anyway, it's like a letter and a number, but there's the two main characters, the two protagonists. Dave, this is going to be off the chain. <laughs> like 100%. it is stunning, just what they were kind of fooling around with in, in those short clips. But uh, so that that's that's going to be really cool. Watch out for that. Tight. Uh, and that uh, that's coming out in January as well. Uh, so the fifth and final season of Agritsuko, Uh That was the show Leanne and I watched la- or earlier. Is this, this year. the weird one? The the like, weird one. The it's one that you red- tried to pawn off on me. The Little Red Panda in the office where she screams the death metal. Yep, I don't like it. It's phenomenal. Anyway, so that's coming Weirdest, February 2023 weird, on Netflix. <laughs> weird shows for weird people, but look no, at me. No, no, that's some, that's some good shit. No, I know uh, people love it. Talking about more good shit, the second season of Way of the House Husband is premiering in January as well. Uh, Leanne and I are over the moon for that. Yo, about that, like... Mm-hmm. I saw that news. I went on Reddit. People are still so fucking salty about it. People can fucking get over it. I don't care. Like I it's know. who cares? People keep calling it. Uh, uh, it's a PowerPoint. Excel. Yeah, a PowerPoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I could care less. I think the timing and the voice acting kind of goes into it. Like if it was an audio play and I spoke Japanese, it would be dynamite. Like I don't yeah. care. But how, um, yeah, very interesting. People like to die on their hills. Who knows? Yeah, of course. So, uh, so Mashable Magic and Might um, was another show that, that's like a manga I've heard about and I've been very curious of. That was an there was an adaption that announced earlier this year. Uh, they announced that it's slated for 2023 and it's being announced as a complete anime adaption. Mm-hmm. So this is probably going to be multiple seasons. The studio is fully behind it. So that's that's exciting for people. True say. And kind of just to, to wrap this up, um, just from what I saw. There's a new, again, A1 Studios again. They're doing a movie anime adaption. It's called Eisen Flugel. <laughs> I don't know. Dave? Sounds like a safe word. Do you know what it is? No. It's fighter jets versus dragons. It's based on like a really popular light novel. That's Apparently, it's people are super jazzed for this. And I saw just the key art, and I am so fucking in. For this. I, Tom Cruise fighting dragons? I mean, if he was actually Tom Cruise, that would be... I, I, that's either going to be great or terrible. But you said you saw the key art and it looked good. It looked pretty cool, yeah. I mean, so it's key art though. I, yeah. I'll watch it just because you wrote it in capital letters and you seem yeah. jazzed. Top Gun versus Dragons. That's it's everything that anyone needs. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, here's what I saw this week. I saw that the Last of Us trailer is out. Are you are you mm. watching this? I watched it. You watched the trailer. I did. You, so for the listeners' benefit. Grant is like a huge fan of the Last of Us games. Um, I tried but couldn't get into one of them. But you know, I I think the big thing is its story. So like, mm-hmm. it seems well suited to this adaptation. But you know, adaptations, live action adaptations of things like this are usually pretty dicey. Um, dicey as in like you know, great or terrible. They don't tend to have a lot of wiggle room. What, what do you think? Are you excited for this? Are you like really, really dedicated to watching it? Are you scared they're going to bastardize something you already love? I, I actually couldn't resist. I like I, I had to watch the trailer, um, just because I, I, I wanted to know because they've they've announced that they're trying to do something different from the game. 
And I was like, I'm okay with that. Like, if they're not rehashing the game story, you know, they if they do something different, it's it's a risk, right? But like, it could be you know good in its own right. So I watched it. I don't know if they're actually doing that because they showed a lot of major moments from the game, like mm. very key moments in. It was like being right into the game again. I love the trailer. They completely nailed the tone. I love uh, Pedro which, Pascal. Pedro Pascal is a dead ringer, I think, for Joel. Perfect. Um, the girl, I, I, I'm blanking on, the girl that plays Ellie, the Mormont girl from, from Game of Thrones. Oh, is that her? I, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So I'm excited to see her. I haven't seen her in anything else other than Game of Thrones. but uh, Breakout role. She's young too, right? Yeah, but it's everything about it. It looks good. They, you know, right at the end of the trailer, they have a clicker moment and it looks like a really cool blend of cg and practical effects and i i think this show is being handled with care a lot of the people from the game are involved so it would be kind of crazy for them to not kind of get it the tone because they have the people there so it's i don't know i really enjoyed the trailer and uh or, i, I kind of broke my zero dark grant rule but i really did. enjoyed what i saw one thing i'll note that gives me some confidence again not knowing anything about the ip but one thing that was kind of like a a nudge in the right direction to me was I saw it with Craig Mazin. Sorry for the mm. pronunciation, but he's the writer um, and creator behind uh, Chernobyl, the miniseries that HBO did. They tend God. to keep talented people around at HBO, and um, I mean, he fucking <laughs> hit a home run on uh, Chernobyl. So that's a good and you know, dark subject matter, right? Mm-hmm. And he did a pretty fantastic job with that too. So um, I'll, I'll definitely be watching. We'll we'll probably end up covering it here. Oh, for sure, yeah um dr stone season three coming spring 2023 fuck yeah it, it, it is what you think it is we will watch it we will talk about it <laughs> yeah. um i didn't know the witcher stuff frankly is a little overwhelming to me right now there's just like mm. a lot of news that is witcher related it really feels like netflix is like not in on this fantasy race with prime and with hbo and they Mm. own the rights to the witcher and they've had actually like a decent few attempts at bat with fantasy related shit on netflix sure and i think like they're like yo we own the witcher ip like we gotta make we're we're squeezing everything we can out of this Mm. so they're giving it spinoffs and animated movies and prequels so this one is there's this prequel coming out in like this december called blood origin is this the one with michelle yo i have no idea I don't even know if it's a live action. I like I like I said. I believe I'm, I believe it is. Uh, I believe it is live action. So I'm interested. Uh, I love Michelle Yeoh. Um, so I guess we'll see. But yeah, that's more Witcher news. Um, it, it, yeah, it is Michelle Yeoh. That'll did be. you? Okay, this is the, this is the big one for me. I saw it on my way home today. Did you see the Deadpool three news? I did not. Okay, well, can I... I mean, it might break your Zero Dark Grant rule, but, like, it's gonna be on posters. So, like... I, yeah, I've, I I think I have an idea what it is, but I haven't watched the, the clip okay, that people are talking about. It's already on ads. They're advertising the movie this way, so, like, this is not a spoiler. But, obviously, Deadpool 3 will be set in the MCU, and Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds, like, re- releases, like, the ad for it, like, through his, like... Because he owns an ad agency, eh? Um, oh, does he really? Yeah, because he's fucking really good at making ads. <laughs> and uh, hmm. so he does all these cool little shorts, and he did one with Hugh Jackman just being in the background. Anyway, they, like, sort of nonchalantly mention that he'll be in it. But it's just, like, the way the announcement went makes me wonder if it's, like, going to be, like, it's... This would have been a great secret cameo, but, like, they're announcing it before a poster is even out. 
Mm. So it makes me think it's like a buddy. Like, you know how Cable was in like, I don't know what, 30, 40% of Deadpool 2? Sure. It yeah, makes yeah. me think like he, Hugh Jackman's like in it, in it. Like hmm. a main or supporting, supporting cast member. Damn. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And it's also, I feel like there's also implications because they're doing Fantastic Four right now. Um, it also, or no, they're not doing it, but the MCU is lining up Fantastic Four. And also they haven't decided what they're going to do with the X-Men, but like they're going to have a Fox piece of IP come in. Well, that, that is interesting with the whole, all the X-Men stuff. Right. Because like out. if they want to recast Wolverine, which presumptually they do, this has to push out what they want. I don't know. I just think it's interesting when you think about like the inside baseball of it all. What and you, so yeah. Deadpool's like for sure being set in the MCU. Yeah, he he says it in the short. I mean, like he's oh, like I mean, I guess they could try and pretend it's not, but they've confirmed both at their expos and Ryan Reynolds that like no no, it's going to be an MCU movie. It will remain rated R. It'll be the only MCU movie to get rated R. <laughs> um, but it's one hundred percent in the MCU. I'm very excited for this because like I mean, I even saw something about the writers being like how much can we touch and they're like i mean you can touch anything in the mcu yeah i like i tried it's it's so funny like just how this, see this is exciting for me because i've been kind of out on the mcu for a little, little yeah. while now yeah, it's, yeah people are cool. i tried i tried watching thor love and thunder this weekend yeah was not into it turn it off did like, you oh, ever did you not even see it in theaters no yeah i'll probably never watch that movie again really yeah i can see <laughs> it, was it. Fine, it just though. i had a good it time did. at the theater you know they serve, serve beer at most theaters now. That is true. I love that. Sam's been watching this She-Hulk show. She says it's fine. And then I see people on the internet dumping about it. And I think I have the worst reaction, mm. which is, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that to be mean. I mean, like, just when your audience becomes indifferent, it's like, I'm not going to bother. And I just know I'm not going to bother. It just kind of feels like the experiment failed a bit, you know? Yeah. It's just This is a lot of content, guys. Like, mm. it's a lot. Okay, now it's time for us to end the episode on the Instagram sensation that is sweeping the nation, the Q&A. Love it. And highly original segment, I'll have you know, we're the first medium <laughs> to come up with the idea of a Q&A where audience members submit questions. So, wholly original, like original anime. We have good ideas. Um, this first one's a good one, Grant. Mm-hmm. And this is from a homie of mine, Travis. Thank you Hello, for your homie. question. What do you attribute the popularity of certain animes in the West to over others? Hmm. Who goes first? Do you got something on the top? Do you have a fire ready, ready to go? Well, I okay. I have loose thoughts. Like I think mm. last week, I had a little bit more confidence with some of these. I think it's a big question. It's a great question. Yeah. Um, my instinct, which is not backed by history or knowledge or research, it's just like I'm kind of shooting from the hip there. But my my Gut says that it's a barrier to entry issue or it historically has been a barrier to entry issue and like a cultural issue. Like there are movies out there like Akira, Spirited mm-hmm. Away that really bridge the gap in the West yeah. and were instrumental in like getting the medium over here. But it wasn't like nothing was like Demon Slayer no. or like Dragon Ball Z. You know what I mean? And, like, if you look at those two things, and maybe Sailor Moon, if you consider that anime. Mm-hmm. but like Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I think if you look at Demon Slayer, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, like, the, the big thing they have in common is they're shonen-y. 
they cater to young demographics mm. and they're not really challenging for a more sophisticated audience and that mm. seems to be changing i mean you know like the shonen stuff is always going to be the most popular stuff and that's sure fine but it just felt like the market wasn't quite ready and the only stuff that was really getting through was stuff that kids wanted to watch this is definitely changing i mean disney sure, yeah. has entered anime now right they did summertime render um they put they made star wars please release it from prison yeah <laughs> You know, Star Wars got anime shorts, for God's sake. So, yeah. like, it has yeah. come an incredibly long way, but my instinct, and I'll pass it over to you here, Grant, is that it has historically been a problem about barrier to entry and the medium just not quite carrying over. As far as reasons why, I don't know. I, I would say, like, similar to our discussion last week, right? Like, it just probably didn't do great business here. Mm. Like, it's probably another one of those reasons why, um, you know, The Last Duel lost 70 million dollars um going up against the mcu or something like maybe just the market wasn't there and it's mm-hmm. developing now because it is developing okay 100%. i'm rambling you go so <clears throat> you know the i think the huge thing you know now versus then is the internet plain and simple like like most things mm-hmm. you know you open up all these you know forums and this and that it became easier to share uh and you know share whatnot but i think in the West, that people love like a superhero story. You know, it's been mm-hmm. ingrained in people. You know, from like the golden era of comics, like DC and Marvel. You know, the West loves an antihero story. So, you know, you get your stuff like Death Note, and you know, a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff too. Back in the day, was like edgy, not in its own way. Like Yu-Gi-Oh was definitely edgy uh, <laughs> for sure. Like people really pushing for the dark side of those stories. But I don't know. It's just it. I think. The nice thing about anime is just just so much genre coverage. Mm. Like it's it, it's almost I think the closest thing it has is like genuine like book fiction. You know, like there's just something for everybody on a mass scale. It's just individual more of a visual medium, you know, between the manga and the the animated stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just I think people just like big explosive stories and people like looking at, you know, beautiful things. And I think we're now at the point where it's easier. The popularity doesn't really matter as much because a, you can access it super easily. You and I, like Leanne and I just watched like, you know, almost 10 shows at the, uh, this summer season. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's a list, just go for it. You know? So I think, you know, and then I think the, the streaming stuff is even bigger. Like it's just all there. It's curated. It's there for you. You know, we didn't have all that stuff back then. So now any show has a chance to just, you know, like odd taxi. Yeah. How, how would that have done in like 98? No, that's you know? a really, really great point. And it's so like, funny because the, the journey I've been on recently is like finding old shows mm. that older shows, not necessarily all 80s, 90s, but like old shit like uh, Neon Genesis and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And like th- this has been happening in anime. This kind of quality of stuff has been out for a long time. And it feels yeah. like the North American audience is only waking up being like, what is going on? You know what I mean? So, uh, so I don't know. It's it's a very fun time to be in on the in on the action. God, I love it. There's so much good shit. Psycho yeah. season is coming. Yeah. Oh god. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Leanna asks, "How excited are you? Uh, how excited are you both for Psycho season on a scale of one to ten? And which anime are you most excited for? Scale one to ten, I'm both excited and terrified. Um, yeah, I'm 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 both a I'm both a eight and a three. <laughs> okay. You know? We should say on three which anime we're most excited for. Okay. You ready? 
On three or after three? I'll say three and then we say it. Okay. Okay, so beat after three. Okay, right. ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Chainsaw Man. Mob Psycho. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I am excited. I think Chainsaw Man is new, so like there's it has its own kind of amount of excitedness mm-hmm. for it. But Mob Psycho, like we're wrapping up the story, you know? It's, yeah, see, it's, uh, one I, of my all time. So I want to frame that for you. I was mm-hmm. I just left Mob Psycho season two so happy, and sure. it's like anytime you do that, you're like, oh god, I really hope they nail the ending as well as they did. Like mm. you know what I mean? I I thought season two, the end of season one was great enough. I didn't even know if I needed more. And then season two, I thought was like actually legitimately better. So it's mm-hmm. like if season one was an eight, season two is a nine. It's like they gotta be like the bar is high for me on season two. So they gotta deliver that. You know what I mean? Um, so excited. So just high stakes. And any non-anime shows new or returning that are starting soon that you're excited for, also from Leanna. Last question of the episode. Do you got one right? Fired Radio? No, I don't. Do you? Yeah. I have, uh, I have one, but I don't know when it's coming. Go ahead. Oh, there's a show. It's called uh, Dairy Girls. It's on uh, Netflix. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's... No, Leanne and I love the show. It's uh, set during um, the early 90s uh in ireland like during mm-hmm. the uh like the i'm blanking on what they called like the times there or whatever like the all the ira or the the ira and the the british stuff like kind of fighting over this essentially the town of Derry. it was yeah. split into two it was protestants on one side and catholics on the other and it, it's just a comedy show about these girls growing up in the town at that time and it's it's like parts trailer park boys you're out of your mind. Meets British comp. No, it's it's so You're out fucking. Of your mind. It's so fucking good. How and that is comes this out your very very soon. This is this. You could tell me, Dave. I just described a fake show that doesn't exist. I would believe. <laughs> I would believe you. Like I've never heard of this. That sounds absurd. It, it's really good. I'm yeah. not shitting on it. I'm just saying I've literally <laughs> never heard of it. Um, so really mine. I don't even know if it's coming up in 2022, but the, the like I I thought about this, and you know we just talked about the bear. Probably Barry, if it or it's coming in twenty three is my guess. Mm. Severance season two, I'm ready to kill for. I think they're doing one more of Atlanta as well. Those are it's like, on right now. Yeah, oh, it's on right now. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah, I mean, if it's on right now, then probably that. Um, but like, I will admit, out of all those that I just mentioned, um, Severance is probably number one. That, oh yeah. That show was like. I don't know what I rated it. I have like a dorky doc, Google doc of like ratings mm. for everything I watch. But uh, that thing was like approaching a 10 for me. That thing was fucking great. Oh, it was so good. Okay. Jesus. All right, dude. I think this is it. Like, is this the end of the post show for now? Yeah, it's like the season has taken over and uh, we'll be back with this. But that's the thing too. Like next week, you know, when we're back next week, only three of the shows of, of the Crazy Fall season are going to be... Um, you know, like ready to go. So it'll be a little light. We'll still be able to fit some like hot D and all that in there. But uh, the following week, you know, it's showtime. You yeah. Know? So it might be, it might be a couple of weeks so we can get back around to covering everything. Yeah. True say. So um, same upload time. Nothing really changes. It might, the episode might not be called the post show. It'll probably be called like psycho season episode one or something like that, but we're entering a new age mm-hmm. um, for the next little bit until we, uh, until we get, 
through all these amazing shows. Uh, you know, we're going to mess and futz with the format kind of as we go. Organic learning fun process. Thank you for joining us on the ride. But there's a lot of killer shows that we're going to watch and cover. Um, head over to our Instagram at Part-Time Otaku Podcast to get like a full list. We just put out a little teaser reel today of a bunch that we're, uh, we're going to be covering and there's much more to come. So thank you for that. A reminder to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Apparently leaving a review on Apple Podcasts is a big deal. So if you want to do that, feel free. Because like 30% of you listen to us on pod- on Apple Podcasts, which to me is weird. But then again, you're listening to this. So you're probably weird anyway. Okay. Um, this has been fun. We will see you next week. Grant, say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers.